It is officially the Christmas season at River Valley Church. Anybody love the Christmas season? We're about to celebrate. And I also, before we jump in, I want to welcome everybody on the other side of the camera. Everybody watching online. We've got a couple other campuses that are also watching right now. Can we welcome everybody on the other side of the camera? We love you. Thanks for being with us. You belong here. You're in the right place at the right time. I'm going to jump in here. Uh, and in just a moment, we're going to be going to the book of John and the book of Matthew, two gospels in just a moment. But I want to set the framework for the next couple weeks from right now until Christmas Eve. This weekend, we are talking about why we need the holidays. Another more spiritual way to say it is why we need sacred rhythms, sacred rhythms. God invented the feast. God invented the festivals. God invented joyful celebration. And you need it. And we need it. Next week, Pastor Rob is going to be here and he's going to be sharing with our whole church why we need Christmas. Why we need Christmas to pause our lives and remember the birth of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And on Christmas Eve, just so you know, as you're registering at your campus or getting ready to watch online for Christmas Eve, it's a great opportunity to invite your lost friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, people that have not yet made a decision to follow Jesus because we're going to be preaching a message why you need Jesus, why you need Jesus. Is it okay if we jump in right away? Going to the book of John, chapter 14, verses 5 and 6. Jesus is talking. He said, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? He said, I am the way. Think about that scripture. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And yes, it's true that Jesus is the way to eternity in heaven. He's the way, the only way but also there's something that Jesus lived out, and it is the way of living, the right way of living. God set into motion sacred rhythms that are going to help you. The Bible says that in this life you will face trouble, but you can be of good cheer because Jesus overcame the world. Did you know that even in a troubling year, even in a troubling situation, you can be of good cheer? There is a way to life a way to living that can produce victory in your life. Jesus said, I'm the way. He's not just the way to heaven, but he showed us the way and how to live. Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. And maybe you need this today. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. This is Jesus talking. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Listen to those words. Come to me. Recover your life. Take a real rest. Watch how I do it the unforced rhythms of grace. Learn to live freely and lightly. 
You know, if you've ever played sports or you've been on a team, you'd know a, a, a team huddle, maybe a coach or a captain's helping lead this. And uh, this is the title of my message, also what a good quarterback might say in the huddle. The title, if you're taking notes, is Ready, Break. Ready, Break. Let's pray one more time as we jump in. Lord, we thank you for these moments together. And we pray that we would learn today. You'd speak to us today just about the, the sacred rhythms of life. The sacred rhythms, the ebb and the flow of life. You've created us to work hard, to be on mission, but you've also created us to enjoy this life, to rest and to worship, to depend on you, to give you our attention, to give you our lives more than anything else. We thank you for your presence right now, right here. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. I don't, I don't know if you grew up playing sports, but for me, hockey and golf were the two sports. You can tell by my legs that I played hockey. You can uh, not tell by my flexibility that golf was another one. So two sports that I played growing up, hockey and golf. And, uh, and uh, you know, you don't really have a coach in, in golf unless you play on the high school team, which the JV team that I played on didn't have a coach. We just made it up as we went. So, but playing hockey, we had, we had some crazy coaches. And in hockey, you've got three different periods. And in between the periods, they Zamboni the ice, they clean it off. And so you get a little locker room time. You get a little pregame locker room time. You get after the first period, you get after the second period. We had a coach. I mean, this was a wild man. And it didn't matter if we were winning or losing. We knew that garbage cans were going to be flying Water bottles, he was chucking. We had to be ducking. And he would try to motivate us to work harder, to try harder, to get going. Just, just, we got to win this thing. And you just knew as soon as he walked around the corner, he's throwing something and you're just on the edge. You're just, you're just, you're just ready. Man, we're winning, but you just can't, you just, you, I don't know. I don't know what's coming around the corner. Anybody have a coach like that? A motivator like that? A team captain like that? You got to watch out. I want to encourage you that our God is not like that. He's not saying to you, you got to try harder, work harder, do more. Come on, get your act together. But God wants to show you through the life of Jesus in his word that there are sacred rhythms. That yes, there are days we got to work hard. We got to go for it. We're on mission. There's an urgency. There's people to reach. There's a difference to make. But also there are days to sit back and to rest in his goodness, in his love. It's not about us doing it. It's about what Jesus has already done for us, and we remember that. We thank him for that. So I'd love to give three different points. I'm out of breath now that I was yelling. Three different points that are kind of like a little huddle for the church as we gear up getting ready for Christmas. And I believe that this is kind of a word from the Lord, maybe to you. And it's a different type of coach, a different type of voice in your life, a voice that you need. The title of the message is Ready Break. Point number one is this encouragement that you need a break. You need a break. I might be speaking to somebody that you need to pause your life. You need to take a break. And you need to acknowledge God in your life, his mercies that have been new every morning, his provision that's come through every single time. You need a break. 
God set this into motion, even in creation. God created the universe in six days, and on the seventh, he rested. And in the Ten Commandments, he put, you shall honor the Sabbath, the Sabbath, and keep it holy. You need a break, the Sabbath. Genesis 2, 2 and 3. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested, rested from all his work. God didn't need a break, but he's showing us the way. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. And the Ten Commandments, remember the Sabbath day, keeping it holy. Even Jesus, when he walked this planet, he did some things on Sabbath day that teach us we should observe this. Luke 4, 16 says, He went to Nazareth where he'd been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue as was his custom, and he stood and read. It was his custom that on the Sabbath day he would walk in to the synagogue. You ever wonder why we gather once a week as a church and not necessarily like, why don't we do this every day? Or why don't we do this every other week? Or why don't we do this once a month? Or why don't we just do this once a year? Why do we do this? Why do we do this? It's because it's a sacred rhythm that God put into place that every seven days we could gather and we could rest and we could worship. You might be here and you need a break and be reminded about the power of coming together as the church every seven days. Here's what's cool. This stuff is awesome. There wasn't just the Sabbath day, but also the Sabbath year. And so if you've done any length of study in the Old Testament, you'd learn that there was a Sabbath year. Again, I'm just, I'm, th these are just three plays. The first one is you might need a break. You might need to take a break and observe things like the Sabbath. But there was a Sabbath year that every seven years, they weren't allowed to plant and back then, that's, that's how they got food. There's, well, you couldn't go to the grocery store down the street. That's how they got food. And it's crazy that for six years, they would be able to plant and they would be able to reap. Sow and reap, sow and reap, sow and reap. And on the seventh year, you can't plant. What are we going to do on the seventh year? In Leviticus chapter 25, verse 20 says this. It says, I will send you such a blessing in the sixth year that the land will yield enough for three years. Sacred rhythms. God will provide for three years. You may ask, well, what will we eat in the seventh year if we do not plant or harvest our crops? While you plant during the eighth year, you will eat from the old crop that will continue, and you'll continue to eat it until the harvest of the ninth year when it comes in. The sabbatical is a seventh year rest. And even in church, when you serve here at this church, I, and I am grateful to Pastor Rob and Becca, our elders, and when you serve as a pastor in this church, on the seventh year, you get a month off of rest, vacation, learning maybe from some other ministries, some other churches, because there's something sacred to this seventh day and seventh year rhythm. It goes even further. God's cool like this. It wasn't just the seventh day and the seventh year, but when you would do seven years seven times... You're at 49 years on the 50th year, which they would call the year of Jubilee or the Pentecostal year. 50, the Pentecostal year. We got some Pentecostals in the room, praise God. The year of Jubilee, 
Let me read this to you. Uh, Leviticus also, chapter 25, starting in verse 8. Count off seven, seven Sabbath years, seven times seven years, so that the seventh Sabbath years amount to a period of 49 years. The 50th year shall be a jubilee for you. Do not sow and do not reap what grows of itself or harvest uh, the untended vines, or do not sow or harvest the untended vines. For it is a jubilee, and it is to be holy for you. Eat only what is taken directly from the fields. Also on the year of jubilee, this is more of a teach than it is a preach, but on the year of jubilee, they would actually have to return any land that they bought to the original owner. What? And the Lord set in place business dealings that would be fair to the person. So you weren't just selling your land for a price, but you were selling your land for the number of harvests that it had before the year of Jubilee. So if you had 49 years left, you're buying land, it costs more. But if you're buying on the 49th year, it costs a lot less. And he ta God talks about fair dealings. But the reason I'm telling you this is because God is a God of seasons. When he put the stars in the sky, he said, this creation, the day in the night, it's going to set out for sacred times and for seasons. And we need to understand that God is a God of seasons. God is a God of rhythm and sacred rhythm. And Jesus walked a life, living a life that we could follow. The first one is you might need a break. And you need to know that God has you in the palm of your hand. Rest. Slow down. It's not on your shoulders. God's not putting the weight of eternity and of humanity on your shoulders. He's got it. And he wants to use you, but he wants to use a healthy you. You need to remember God will sustain you. You need to remember that you are more than a human doing. You are a human being. God wants to minister to you as you rest in him. Good coach. You might need to take a break. Second game plan you might hear from God today is not just that you need a break, but you need to remember. You need to take some time and you need to remember what God has done. There are major festivals that were celebrated in the people of God in the Old Testament. Again, I'm just, it's more teach than preach, but major festivals in the Old Testament that God would have the Israelites observe so that they would remember because our human minds are frail and quick to forget. And we gotta remember the first festival was the Passover. Even Jesus observed the Passover, Luke 2, 41, 42. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And I think the requirement to get to Jerusalem was if you lived within 15 miles. Mary and Joseph, where Jesus grew up, was over 60 miles away, yet they still went to Jerusalem observing these sacred rhythms and these feasts and festivals. But what were they celebrating the Passover? It was when the Israelites were in captivity in Egypt and the plagues started to happen because God was getting ready to set his people free. And he told the Israelites, listen, I'm getting ready. The, the firstborn of every family is going to die unless you slaughter a lamb and you put the blood over its doorposts. And then you will be passed over and the firstborn will live. But you need to put it on the doorposts. And every single year they would observe and remember the Passover. John 1, 29, the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, 
the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John the Baptist speaking prophetically about who Jesus was. They would observe the Passover, the slaughtered lamb, remembering they had to kill a lamb to be passed over, and the blood is what saved them. And scholars believe when they celebrated the Last Supper, it was right before Passover, Jesus with his disciples, that last meal, he then went to the cross. And while Jesus hung on the cross during Passover, in the temple, they were slaughtering the lamb for Passover. They did it every year. And at that same time, they were slaughtering the lamb. Jesus Christ hung on the cross. He is the lamb that takes away the sin of the world. Second major festival was Pentecost. Everybody doing okay? All right. Second one is Pentecost, which is essentially a harvest festival, which is how our church celebrated Halloween. We're not doing Halloween. We're doing harvest festival. But it's because it happened 50 days, 50 days after the Passover. And it was essentially the time where they would bring their first fruits. They would bring their first fruit. It's kind of like their annual miracle offering. They'd get ready, they'd do all their harvest, and they would bring their first fruits for Pentecost, which is awesome. That's the Old Testament. The New Testament is that, that the 120 were waiting in the upper room in Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 2, and they were waiting for the Spirit of God to be poured out on all flesh. Today, when we celebrate Pentecost, we're celebrating that the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, now lives in you and me. You might need a break, but you might need to remember. Remember. The third major festival was the Feast of Booths. My wife told me to say that real carefully. It's not the feast with booze. It's the Feast of Booths. And booths or tabernacles. They, it was essentially a week-long camping trip that the Israelites would take. Praise God if you love camping. They would set up these, uh, these uh, kind of portable shelters and they would remember for a week in these tents. They would remember that they were delivered from the hand of the Egyptians. They wandered. They wandered and then they were given the promised land to never forget the deliverance that came over them. God said in these sacred rhythms, not just the Sabbath's rest, but these sacred rhythms of remembering. We need to remember what Jesus has done with, for us. I'm not saying that we need to, uh, like the law set in place, we don't need to observe these major festivals, but we, we should observe what they mean. They, we should observe what they mean today as a symbol in our lives. That that. Jesus took our place. He who knew no sin became sin. So instead of the Passover, we're celebrating the fact that Jesus hung on the cross for you and for me. Instead of Pentecost saying, this is our first fruits and we got to go, we got to get to Jerusalem. We got to do this. Now we're remembering that the spirit of God was poured out on all flesh, that the, the Holy Spirit lives in you and me, those of us that have given our lives to Jesus. And the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Booths, we're remembering that we have been saved and our promised land is in heaven for all eternity. We're wrapping up real quick. But someone needs to hear the voice of the Lord that you need to remember. And I'm talking about a perspective shift that you were spared. His body was broken. His blood was shed. You need to remember that everything good has come from him and that the Spirit of God lives inside of you. You need to remember that you have been delivered, and this earth is temporary, and our home is in heaven. So you might need a break. You might need to remember. But the third thing, coming from God, the greatest coach of all time, is that you need to celebrate.
You need to celebrate. And as Christ followers, we've got more to celebrate than anybody on the planet. We need to be the best at celebration. If, G if you've given your life to Jesus and the Spirit of God lives inside of you, put a smile on your face. You got to celebrate. And I'm trying to be like a good coach saying, cheer up. It's going to be okay. You've got things to celebrate. You've got something to be joyful about. You may not be where you want to be, but thank God you're not where you should be because you've been forgiven and you've been made new. You got to celebrate. And so here's just a couple quick things. I know I talk about some Old Testament stuff, but I want to talk about some things, some sacred rhythm stuff, some spiritual rhythm stuff that you should celebrate as a Christ follower. And if you're a mom or a dad and leading your family, a grandparent, you should put these practices, put these uh, spiritual moments in your family. You should plant. Don't wait for a pastor to do it. You lead your family. You lead your own life in a way that says, God, I don't care what anybody else is doing. I'm going to walk in your rhythm because I might be weary at times. And Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary, heavy laden, take on my yoke. The yoke was to distribute the weight saying, this is the way to carry it. And this year, 2020 might've been the hardest year of your life going through the craziest stuff that you couldn't even have imagined. And Jesus is saying, I've got a way to carry it. There's a way to carry even the hardest day. And it's the way that Jesus walked. And he wants to put that yoke on you, saying there's a different way to carry it. You are not on your own. It's not on your shoulders. It's not just up to you. I'm ready to lift your head. I'm ready to lift your arms. I'm ready to lift you up. Take on my yoke. It's easier. It's easier. You need to celebrate. First of all, you need to celebrate not just Sabbath, you were made to work hard six days and you were made to rest and worship one. Somebody needs to hear it. You've been working too hard and you need to depend on God, not just your work ethic, not just the Sabbath, but gathering as a church. And for those watching online, it's okay. If you're in a place where you can't come to the Twin Cities or you're in a place where right now you want to watch online, gathering every week, this rhythm, this rhythm, God put it in place to come together as the church of Jesus Christ. Let's gather, let's gather. So let's gather. Number two, we need to celebrate communion. Celebrate communion. The Lord's Supper happened during the Passover. So we're not just talking about Passover, we're talking about communion, that his body was broken, his blood was shed. You need to take, if you're mom or dad, lead your family in communion. Remember what Jesus did for you. He said, do this in remembrance of me. Number three, instead of celebrating the Feast of Booths and setting up a portable tent, maybe you want to go camping, that's fine. But instead of doing that, what replaces that, that deliverance celebration and the, the, the celebration that, that we, we got into the promised land, you know what replaces that? Is Christmas the birth of Jesus Christ, and not just Christmas, but Easter, Good Friday, and Resurrection Sunday, remembering that Jesus, he was born, he came from heaven to earth, incarnate, fully man, fully God, and he lived a perfect life, the life we could never live, and he took our place on a cross. He died 
the death that we deserved, and he rose again, and Jesus right now is alive and well. Instead of just celebrating Feast of Booths and doing the camping trip, let's celebrate Christmas like never before. Let's celebrate and thank God for his death and resurrection and what it means for you and me. The other thing we should celebrate, instead of celebrating the the 50th year or the 50 days after Passover, the, the day of Pentecost, we should celebrate the day of Pentecost because that day was the birth of the church of Jesus Christ. And the day that the Holy Spirit was poured out, we should celebrate that and remember that. And even every day, thank you, Lord, that your spirit lives inside of me, guiding me, comforting me, challenging me, lifting me up, encouraging me, giving me greater boldness, giving me greater gifts. Celebrating. We are a Pentecostal church and we believe in the gifts of the spirit, the power of the spirit. He lives inside of us, the infilling and the indwelling. And for bonus points, if you want them, it's like a buzzer beater shot. When you celebrate all these things, when you institute them in your family and in your life, here's the bonus points you can do. Just saying. The Bible says that you should eagerly await his return. And so while you're remembering all God has done and while you're celebrating all God has done, Eagerly await the return of Jesus Christ every single day that today might be tough, but Jesus is coming back.